What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are live. You're listening to the Shepherd Ambella Show, which airs Monday through Friday, weekdays, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central. You know, don't forget to share this out right now. Uh, share out this broadcast and uh, get it out to everyone uh, because it's an important broadcast. And also hit the like button. Don't be lazy. You know, if you're tuning in to the show for the first time or whatever, make sure and subscribe. Hit that like button and everything we got ben with a pen joining us again and it's gonna be a great episode what's up my man how you doing how's it going everybody oh man i'm doing great how, how are you man uh i'm good i'm excited to get through um talk about how i left montana because that honestly that's the part that is the most interesting to me of just how real sneaky I had to be in order to just kind of leave with my life intact, you know, and, uh, has, has been, uh, gang stalked and targeted and his, he, this is part three of three. So, um, the other two episodes are in the description if you're just tuning in so yeah. you can follow along. Uh, uh, well, I guess Ben, go ahead with part three, maybe recap a little bit, uh, yeah. kind of like a brief recap and then okay, uh, your story. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll just kind of do a big overview. Um, back in like 2014, I met a person and later found I was an informant. Um, between 2015 and 2016, they introduced me to an undercover cop. I ended up selling some drugs too. Um, I went on a trip with this cop and it kind of dawned on me the kind of person that I was really dealing with. Um, things started to escalate after that. Um, I wasn't really sure what was going on and I'm having to move out of the town I was living in and um, a lot of, a lot of really strange interactions and bizarre happenings happen between uh, 2016, 2017. Um, you know, they tried to, they sabotaged my car several times and I suspect they tried to turn it into a car bomb. And I went into all the details in number two about that. And um, they'd done something with the steering, you know, and, that could have ended really bad. And 
I think that kind of catches up to 2017, um, at the middle of 2017, you know, probably June, July. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at this point, there was one point, well, actually, there was a, a couple of things I wanted to um, mention. So in the first episode, after I did the first episode, someone told me, oh, man, your story really sounds like training day, which I haven't seen. You mentioned that also. And then someone mentioned this story called um, Camellio. Have you heard of the Camellio story? What's that? Did you know what it is? Yeah, yeah. Camellio. So there's a book called Camellio, a strange but true story about invisible spies, heroin addiction, and something else. It's by this um, Robert Guffey, his author. If you type in Robert Guffey, Camellio, in the, you know, um, oh shoot, Spotify or YouTube or whatever, he'll tell the story. But essentially, this dude uh, lived in. A, he had an apartment. He um, Camille. he lived in his part, huh? Camellia. That's a Camellia. Well, yeah, it's tr- crazy. Check it out. So he, this guy was living in a party house. He had this apartment. People would come in and out, and some kid showed up there with a two guns, a laptop. And these night vision goggles he stole from the military. And then the feds, had not the feds, but like the military had tracked down the kid that had stolen them. And they pinned it on the person renting the apartment and not the person that was, um, that had actually taken it. And so they gang stalked the person that rented the apartment, not the one that, and the guy's like, I don't know what happened. So he went to his buddy that was a professor over at um, UCLA, I think. And was like, dude, these people are after me. I think the army's after me. Like, and then he goes into this crazy story about how they're using direct energy. And this is in 2003. So gang stalking wasn't a term back then. The, um, yeah. It was called street theater at the time. Uh, that, that's a trip. Yeah. 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 Check it out, everybody. It's really interesting. He talked a lot about how they had like invisible cloaking devices, which led them to a website of this guy that was working on that technology out of Japan. And then oh. the military had stolen the technology, this invisible so people, invisible people were running out and pushing him from behind, sneaking into his house and messing with him, like cloaked. He couldn't yeah. see him. I, yeah. uh, I did a, a show one time, and there was people talking about that MH370 flight and that some people on there were patent holders of possibly of cloaking technology, and they went missing. Yeah, too. there were a bunch of people on that flight. I think there were even people that had... um some cures for cancer and some like in, in more information about nine 11. There was all sorts of people on that, on that flight that went missing. Strange. And that's, you know, it's kind of flight they'd want to take out. So, so yeah, I mean, check out the Camellio thing. I'll send you a link on it um, sometime too. Cause it, it, you definitely need to check it out. It's wild. It's super okay. crazy. And I remember I had researched that when I had first got down to Arizona, it came up, but um, okay. So, 2017, um, at this point, like I had been working for the house painting company and um, the car sabotage stuff. And it kind of was just a quick realization. Like I've worked for this guy for two months. He hasn't paid me out. I'm, I'm just spinning my wheels doing this. And not only that, but I'm wasting resources. Right. I wasn't sure if someone had contacted him to tell him not to pay me. Uh huh. So I just, I said, fuck it. I was like, this is, I mean, things have ramped up so much. I'm just going to go back to selling weed and running around in my car. 
and um, not really even bother like trying to find a job because it was just but getting tied down to the weight of the job is going to really limit my ability, my mobility. Yeah. So I'm just selling weed and, and then it just seemed like every time it's like, I got to spend money on this. I can spend money on that. I'm like not able, you know, one of the biggest wasters of money would be like them messing with my gas lines or anything that would um, like waste a bunch of gas, waste a bunch of money on gas. You know, one of, huh? Like they constantly drain you with like you have to get shit fixed and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and then since I'm getting fronted out weed, it's like I'm gonna pay this guy back. Got to pay this guy back. I got to borrow money here, and then I got to work on my car. It was just kind of becoming this like redundancy where I couldn't get it. One other thing they did to my car that um just to like destabilize it when when the steering was messed up later I had noticed not to jump too far back I noticed that. They had cut the boots on the inside of both of the front wheels. Oh, and then they had, they'd like, also, or uh, whatever. Huh? like the CV joints or whatever. Yeah. 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 They had cut those boots. So that oil or grease in there gets, and then it just kind of gets, what it'll just get, get kind of like gunked up. It's just not real stable for the car. And, yeah. um, then, um, they, they had also like loosened the, the bolts on the wheels too. So like the wheels could have came off pretty easily. I didn't discover that until I left Montana, <laughs> but you know, if my steering's messed up, the bolts are loose, the CV joints are just exposed to whatever there's gas coming out on the car. There's all of this together would really end badly if I would have wrecked, you know, or if I tried to overcorrect and like messed up a tire or a CV joint or any of that kind of stuff. Um, it would have just, you know, I'd probably be dead. So, all right. I kind of, um, after I quit that job, um, I'm just like, this guy's not going to pay me it. So I just need to sell weed until I can leave. And like, so I'm like a, a really old friend of mine. I, I think he got t- turned into an informant at some point, somehow it's kind of hard to prove, but like, he would always ask me about like the stockpile of like, cartridges i had or weed that i had you never buy anything like like weird shit like what do you got like he'd want yeah he'd be like hey let's meet up i want to see what you got and then he'd be like oh just he's like i just can't afford anything right now or oh well he's like i'm just like i know you're trying to just get money to leave like he was just like trying to kind of get me to say that out loud like no i'm not i'm just like gotta pay some bills and shit but he knew i was homeless and he he even he, he would say things to me that were like like you probably wouldn't be saying that unless someone had told you something personal about my life, you know, right. Which really bummed me out. Cause I had known him since I was like 18, 17, 18. And, um, you know, it's just kind of interesting to see how that dynamic changed over time. But I, um, I, I'm pretty much just living out of the back of my Subaru, driving around, dropping off weed, picking up weed and just like spinning my wheels until eventually I was like, I, I have a lot of friends in the Flathead Valley, people I grew up with, people that I've known all through my 20s, a lot of close friendships I had had for 15, 20 plus years. So I always had a place to go or stay or whatever. Everybody was shocked that I was kind of in this position and, but not really knowing the full extent of what was happening. And um, so people were willing to help me out and I was on the move so much that like, you know, like one thing the gang stalkers did was, well, I don't know if they did for sure, but um 
when I was staying at that house on Crest and I was house sitting, um, the woman that owned the house, she, she came home and I hadn't seen her for like a few days. She's like, Hey Ben, do you know what happened to my checkbook? And I was like, she's like, have you seen my checkbook? I'm like, checkbook, what are you talking about? And then I was just like, Oh my God, like that's going to be such a bad look if the checkbook goes missing and that, and I'm the only one supposed to be watching this place. She, like, how is she going to, she wouldn't believe that someone else had came in and just one item is missing. Cause you know, like thieves would probably grab like a TV or, you know, stereo or Xbox or, you know, something of value. They could just go get tools, these kinds of things. But like when the checkbook went missing, I was just like, Oh my God, these people are like fucking brutal, like playing dirty, you know? And um, so when I was kind of on the move, um, I was like, I got to go. I, I had like applied for this job. Um, I was like an overnight stalker with Walmart. And I was kind of like excited about it. I was like, okay, I'll just get this job. Um, and I will, they pretty much, they, they stockpile with whatever seasonal stuff and then go to the next town and do it. And then the next town and do it. And I was like, this is kind of like, might be like the perfect thing for me. Not realizing like what I had never even heard the term gang stalking at this point. I had no idea that it followed you state to state or that, um, that they would really come after you in different countries or any of that shit, you know? So I made a plan. Like my buddy had, fronted me out some stuff and I had just gotten all the money back on what I owed him. And, um, <clears throat> I, I, I'll kind of like head into like how I ended up leaving. I was going to get that job. So I was about a week out from getting that job. This is roughly, in, this is in September, mid September. Um, and I know that because there's an important date that I'll bring up here. Um, but I, I went over to my friend's house over on the west side of Kalispell and um, I I knew that they had been opening up my microphone so they were listening to whatever conversation was happening inside of whatever wherever I was in the car or someone's place or whatever. So I went into the apartment and I grabbed both of our cell phones and I, mu I stuck them under a pillow so they'd be muffled and then I looked them in the eye and I put my hand over my put my finger over my lips, like, don't say anything. And so he's looking at me and I probably look insane from the outside person, you know, looking at me yeah. and I'm like, and I got, I grab a notepad and I start writing down notes. Cause I know the phones are, the cameras are hidden. So they, they think there's dead air going on in there. And, um, I write down on this paper. I'm like, these people fucking hate me. Um, I need to leave you know, I'm really sorry about all of this. And, um, I was like, can I borrow your tool set until I am able to pay you back? He had like a cheap tool set, but it was perfect. Cause it slid right in my backpack. It had all, you know, had everything I needed. And, um, he's like, yeah, no problem. Just pay me back, you know, on the notepad. I put it in my backpack. I zip it up and my backpack at, from that point on did not leave my site. Yeah. You know, so this is like a day before I left and um, that the pretty much, yeah, this is one day for one or two days. I go over to my buddy's house. Um, I didn't really have any Adderall. So I ended up buying some meth and like a very small amount. Like it's, it's kind of, I don't know exactly how much it would be like $20 worth, but in terms of like 
the strength of that drug, that substance for me is just like, that's so much. And, um, so I had to go to work at Walmart the next day and I'm like getting high right then, right before. So I'm kind of like fucking up my situation already, you know, it's like just not healthy. And, um, I'm hanging out with my buddy and I, my whole thing was like, I didn't want to drive with it. Cause it's like, if it's in your system, that's one thing. It probably is probably a big shock. If you got pulled over or something, but if you get caught with it in Montana, like you're going to prison, especially if they got, you got anything else in the car. And you know, they just don't mess around with, they don't, they're not playing when it comes to meth. Like they will definitely lock you up quick, yeah. you know, compared to other drugs. So I never drove with it. And, um, I didn't have it very often, but when I did, it was like, I'll buy X amount. And then whoever I'm with, they can just have the rest, you know, or I would do it knowing I wasn't going to drive, but small amounts. But this time I ended up doing the full amount, which was like not a crazy amount, but for me it was. And, um, I'm hanging out drawing and my friends there and I'm over on the East side of Kalispell and I, I was like, Oh shit, I gotta go out to my car real quick, grab something. So I go out to my car. When I come back around the corner, all the gang stalkers I had been seeing over the course of the last six months were standing right there in front of the house. Oh, wow. They're all, all of them. There's like six of them. All, they're all standing right there as if, as if to say like, like you're so high, you're hallucinating this. Uh-huh. But it's like, I've done, I've done drugs to make me hallucinate. That was like not a hallucination. And, um, <laughs> Like rubbing it in your face like there's nothing you can do about us yeah and and they're all people i had um i'd seen around town or vague memories of, oh you look familiar the one lady i mentioned had been up at that um cemetery two different times she was there um this little brunette chick this little like athletic brunette chick she i had seen her running to her car a couple times when i was out walking or um, I'd seen her driving a couple times, even out like way past Whitefish in an area like you would never be in. So to see, to, to, there were like four familiar faces, and then there were two other guys that I was like, I don't ever remember seeing you guys that I can think of. Um, maybe one other time with the, there was like a tall dude. He was like pretty big, probably like six seven or something. I, I might have seen him in a rave, maybe, but. Um, he seems like he would have stood up the most and yet he, I, he didn't look familiar at all. So they're standing there and I kind of waved to him like, Hey guys. And, um, I go inside and I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, I don't know at what point I got it in my head. I was like, if I go to Walmart tomorrow to, to work, um, like they're going to mess with my car while I'm inside. They're going to pick me up as soon as I get outside. And I, I just, I just had a bad feeling in my stomach. I was just like, I got to go. I mean, it, it's like, what do I, what am I supposed to do? Stick around and find out what happens. Right. Am I supposed to just wait until something bad happens? Am I supposed to like, just keep spinning my wheels until I get in a wreck, get arrested, um, get approached by one of these people, um, ha have my car catch on fire, get pulled over for something dumb, tail light out or, you know, just, I'm running out of options and um that was it. You know, I got the tool set. I, I was chilling with my friend till like five, six in the morning, and um 
I was like, hey, man, love you, buddy. I, I got to run, though. I'm, like, getting a weird feeling. I had to go get ready to go to Walmart. Instead, I went out past this lake that's, like, a well-known lake out there. And um, there's, like, a horse, um, I don't know, arena or something. It's where they train horses, and they have, like, little um, like little stands or whatever they can jump over, you know? It's, yeah. like, a big park just designed for horses. It's kind of out in the mountains. Um, I, I go out there, huh? In equestrian park. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I, I went out there because I knew it's like a quiet place to like go sleep or chill or whatever. It's like, it's like four or five of them, five, six in the morning. It's still pretty dark out. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to grab the tool set. I'm going to jack up the car. I'm going to tighten down every single thing I can think of and just feel around. If it feels loose, hit it, you know, give it like, like a quarter turn to a half turn on everything. Yeah. Double check everything. And as soon as I felt, because it, it hit a point with the sabotage that it was like, it's like, I'm familiar with what they kind of go for. It's going to be something easy to reach. It's going to be like a kind of a weak point, like where it would leak. It's going to be um, kind of like a key point, like the coolant oil, like I had mentioned these things. So I, I kind of knew what to look for. Um, with the exception of the exhaust. So I never could figure out what they did with that. But um, I tighten it all down and I'm under the car and all of a sudden I see this foot on the back end of the car. Just like, I hear it just like, like someone ran by real quick. And I'm like, oh shit, like someone's here. Like it's, it's like five, six in the morning, seven at the latest. And who the fuck goes to some horse park at seven a.m.? So I'm like, they're around. <laughs> they're aware where I am. I, I hop up, I'm all dirty, sweaty, I'm high. I'm like, I'm like, oh shit, like this is bad. And I kept thinking they did something with the radiator. Uh-huh. So when I was up there, I, I like had loosened, I accidentally loosened um, the coolant line when I should have been tightening. I, I just turned it the wrong way. And I spilled a bunch out. I'm like, no, you know, just the fucking worst thing that could happen. And, um, I hop up to get in my car. Like I got to get out of here. And I see these two dudes. They're over to the side talking by this SUV. And I, and I hear the one guy. Cause it's just like right across the front. He's like, yeah, we don't know where he got the, the tool set from. Uh huh. And I'm like, and I'm like, Oh my God. Like how they know. And, um, the other guy was like, yeah, he's got a bit of a, don't show all your cards complex. Doesn't he? Uh huh. And I, I hop in the car. I'm like, I got to go. So everything, I'm just like, I'm thinking I'm like totally surrounded. I'm totally fucked. It, this could have been psychosis. That could have been a hallucination. Whatever yeah. it was, it was I was triggered. I got to leave. So I go pull across town or this kind of, it's, it's a road that's, how do I explain it? It's a road near the exit of the valley towards the south exit. But it's a road you wouldn't know about unless you're familiar with the valley. Like okay. some fed that just has kind of been around the place. We never know about this road. Um, you'd pretty much have to live by it to know it was there. But I was like, I got to check the radiator. And I'm like sweating bullets. And now it's coming up on 11 p.m. And it's September. And it, I'm like starting to sweat a bunch. And I'm like under the car. And so, and I had turned off my phone at this point. Just so there's no tracking, listening, any of that. But then I realized I drained out too much coolant. My car might overheat. So I need to like... I, I got to use the phone. So I, I turn it all back on and I hit up my buddy and um, 
I, I was like, yo, like I need coolant desperately. I'll pay you back. Just, you got, I can't drive my car anywhere, but, um, you know, I'm over on this road. You got to come bring this to me. And he's like, yeah, no problem. He's like, just pay me back as soon as you can, you know? I'm like, all right, cool. So, you know, there's a thing with coolant. And I, I had made that fatal mistake of draining it out. So I've now I've wasted a bunch of time and had to turn the phone on. One thing I had told him about, um, about the situation, I was like, Hey, look, I need the coolant. I left all my money and all the weed up in whitefish and I'm like at the South end of the Valley. So it's about a 30 minute drive between the maybe 30 to 40 minutes between the two points where I told them the money and the weed was I'll pay back later today. I'll go pick that up after my car's running. I just got to work on this. Um, knowing damn well, I had all the weed and all the money in my pocket or not in my pocket, but in the car because I didn't, I wanted them, whoever's watching me to think I was super broke and didn't have any options. Mm -hmm. And um, so I told them that knowing I had it all with me, I, I, I kind of get the car up and running. I'm like, Oh my God, if there's like a bad leak, I need to get like some Lucas stop leak or something, you know? So yeah. Um, I drive out to this other road and out by this, it's now we're like right up, right by Flathead Lake, which I should, I should have brought a map or shown a map that we could have pulled up or something. But, um, there's a gas station right before the lake right there. And so I go in, dude, and this is when I, I don't know if I was hallucinating this or not. P pretty much all of this seems like it could have just been psychosis, but, um, I go to the gas station Yeah. The tools in my backpack got the weed and the money in my backpack. And I go into the back. Before I walk in, I hear someone talking about me at uh -huh. a earshot. And then, and then I watch everybody from the whole gas station exit the gas station. So, like, someone's talking about me. There's nobody left in the gas station except for one clerk. Oh, and I'm just yeah. like, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, everybody just filed out right when I got here. Like, that's crazy. If that's yeah. a coincidence or it's a hallucination or I don't know at this point. And um, I go in and I go straight to the bathroom thinking like, I'm going to flush all this weed. <laughs> uh -huh. And I, I get into the bathroom, dude. And I'm like looking in the mirror and I'm just like, this is fucked. This is totally fucked. And um, as soon as I walk in and shut the door, it's like I, I lifted up the toilet seat and then someone's already banging on the door. Oh, weird. So I ran on, I, I ran, got everything back in the backpack and I walk out. I'm like, yeah, sorry about that. And then I grabbed like two gallons of water, um, some energy drinks, a pack of cigarettes. And I get back out to my car. When I get back out to my car, there's this dude with a pit bull standing right behind it. And I got the backpack on and I look him right in the eyes. And he's like, to the dog out of the corner of his mouth, he's like, that's right, smell him. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, so I grabbed, I took everything in the car. I'm really freaking out. And I'm like, I got to get stop leak. They didn't have it at that place. So I turn off the phone. I go grab the stop leak from this other gas station, which is about 10, 10, 15 minutes down the highway in the opposite direction. I'm like, okay, this is, this is too crazy. Like I got to go. So I got the weed or I, I got the weed and the money. I, I head out to the house that I had been house sitting and I, um, the mechanic guy that I had talked about in the last episode, you know, the family friend. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm like, Hey, I got to have you check my car and um, all this. And 
I, I was like, hey, man, I got like three ounces of weed. You can have them if you want. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. But he at one point, he lost his wallet. And he, he, he kept thinking, I stole his wallet. Oh, and, weird. And, but then I like, I talked, I grew up with these people, not him, but like his wife. And I, and I was like, I was like, dude, I don't know what happened, but he thinks I stole his wallet. And she was like, oh, he thinks everybody steals from him. Don't even worry about that. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, he, he was probably just drunk and dropped it somewhere. So now yeah. I'm handing him this weed and he thinks that I'm like reimbursing him for taking the wallet. But later then I found out that he like always, ha- this is like a common issue with his drinking. So he checks my car. He's like, I think you're good, bud. Like, you know, safe travels, whatever. I didn't tell him that I was leaving at this point because I my phone was still off and I was able to just kind of show up out there, you know, because just. Yeah. Th- that's pretty much my personality. All these, I have like a, long lasting relationships and friendships with all sorts of people. And they're pretty much just, I can show up whenever and say, hi, bye, love you, hang out for a bit, you know, P- pretty much is how I've always been. And, um, I leave the, I leave their place. We're kind of getting to like 6, 7 PM. And, um, Oh, actually I got to add one more thing in there. When I left that first gas station, I, um, before I got the stop leak, I went over to this dump. There's a dump that on the crossover between like one end of the lake, the other end of the lake, halfway between there's, um, a dump on the North end of the, and I took ever all the garbage out of my car and I, um, I put it in this dumpster and then this truck pulls in and two dogs get out with the, with the truck uh-huh. and they're going around sniffing all the dumpsters. Oh, wow. And I, and I'm like, uh, in my mind, it was already like, I'm not just going to dump the weed here because of, you know, they could just pull up behind me and grab it. My fingerprints are all over it and it's fucking retarded, you know, ever dumb, not a, not a good move, not a good look. Yeah. So I, I left that in there on purpose, but got all the other garbage or, um, you know, bottles of like stop leaker oil or any of that kind of stuff out, put it in the dumpster. So I think they thought that I had was dropping drugs in the, in, in the dump. Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't, I didn't cause I'm smart enough to think that through, but I'm doing, I'm putting this stuff in there and like, I see a car, I see the truck, the two dogs get out and I see a car pull up and talk to the lady that's managing the place. And then that woman talks to whoever was in that car and she walks straight over to me. She's like, Hey, you know, the landfill's closed already. So you're going to have to leave. It's like, you guys don't close till six. What are you talking about? Or like at least five. She's like, no, we're closed for the day. So you got to go. I'm like, what? So I leave, I pull out around the thing. And, um, those two cars leave. I'm sitting on the side of the road. And then, then I went out to the place in Creston and chatted with him about the car. And I grabbed this stop. We then um, go chat with him. And I was like, I got to go, you know, like this is, they're right up my ass everywhere I turn, or at least I suspect they are. And um, so I'm at the North end of the Flathead Lake. There's this area called the Swan. Uh-huh. My phone is off. I pull over on the side of this road. It's probably about six or 7 PM. It's kind of getting into dusk and, I'm like, I got to go somewhere and sleep. You know, I'm like totally exhausted. And um, I, I go out through the swan, which this time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. 
And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And here's a lot of fires. Some of these trips that's making them Missoula, there's fires right there on the mountain. You could walk to them. It's how close they were right by the lake, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm going out through the swan and I just, I find like a, a little like bridge across the bridge, go over um, to the right. And then I was able to just like sleep in the back of my car, phones off all the weeds in my car. I know Montana, like the back of my hand, I was like, I'm out of here. I'm like, yeah. they don't have any idea where I am. They don't, my phone is completely off. No one has came by and I, it gets like six, seven in the morning. And I was just laying there in the back of my car. Just like, is this my life? I'm like, this is, I don't know what's happening, but I I need to leave. Like, this is too crazy. And I can't believe I'd gotten in this situation to begin with. And Uh I start heading South out through, but I had to go slow. So some of these small towns through the Swan, um, because it was fire season, there's just thousands of um, volunteer firefighters everywhere. Militaries, yeah. <laughs> militaries out there. I, straight up tanks were out there. Military vehicles, cops, helicopter. I just like, fu- I'm like going through the worst time of my life, and now I'm surrounded by like every type of authority in Montana. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, all right, keep going. So there's like a probably like a 60 mile stretch of just lines bumper to bumper all the way through the forest Damn. and the mountains. And I'm heading south. I'm heading south. And I, I kind of get out to the freeway and I was like, if they're going to get me, this is, this is now, this is when it's going to happen. And I keep going and going and I drive like probably like three, four hours. And I'm like, okay, I gotta, I gotta find somewhere to like check my car one more time. And this is when I realized they'd like loosened all the bolts to my, to my wheels. Uh-huh. And um, so luckily that fire was happening. I was able to like drive slow and careful and all of this. And um, I hit up some junkyard. Like, hey, do you got a tire iron? I could just like um, tighten everything up real quick. And on the front, the front driver's side, that thing, I mean, I, if I would have drove like another 15 minutes, it was probably going to come out. You know, it was loose enough to like pull it around a little bit with my fingers even. Yeah. And um, I, I tightened everything down and I was like, all right, like cars in good shape. Cause that was the one thing I forgot to check because I didn't have that tool. And um, I'm heading south. It's getting in the evening. I, I pull into this, um, it, it was like a um, rest area, kind of kind of getting towards Yellowstone area, kind of. And I'm, I'm sleeping out there and every, in my mind, it's like every, semi drivers like an undercover in disguise every <laughs> every pedestrian that's out there just like using the restroom is like some undercover disguise this is what's going through my head but also knowing like how would they know where i am at this point right 
I keep going south and then I hit the Montana border and I think I came out through, um, I want to say I was like, got to Utah or wait, no, that doesn't make sense. Um, whatever the next state was, it was like, you're now leaving Montana. And when I saw mm -hmm. that sign, I was like, I'm in the clear. Yeah. It would have got me. If they knew where I was, I would, I'd be had right now. And I just kept going south and south and south. And, um, I got like, like $2,500. So gas was no issue. I dumped all the weed in Montana out in this, like some area you would never, ever find in your entire life. Like I could never even find it on a map. It was out by some river off some dirt road and you know, out in the mountains, you never, they never find it. I washed all the, the um, weed cartridges out with river water. So, uh -huh. and I, and I cleaned them all off, no fingerprints, nothing, you know, you know, I felt like I thought of everything. Um, and I, I, I get through Utah and I'm like, this is, I got to go to my mom's house. It's like my only option. And, um, I, I hit Nevada outside of Vegas and I'm trying to sleep out there. And, um, I keep thinking I can't open my phone and, um, I, I sleep by like some Canyon, dude, which is, it was the desert heat is ridiculous. So at night at nighttime, it's like a hundred degrees or like 90 degrees. I can't sleep in the back of my car. Um, and, um, I, I get into Arizona. I'm like, Oh my God. I was like, I can't, I can't turn on my phone, but I need to tell the person that has this money, um, that, or that I have their money. And so I got to go up, up North. And so I go all the way. Um, I go all the way from Southern, Nevada, Arizona area into California out to LA and I go all the way to Northern California to Nevada city, uh, all in like two days, you know, I'd rented like some, uh, <laughs> I like gave a fake name and stuff to this like shitty, um, motel in Nevada. I passed out for like 16 hours there and I was like, nice, like I'm good to go, you know? And, head all the way back up to Nevada city in, in California. And I hit, I'm like in downtown in this, like, it's like a little, it's like a little weed farming town. And, um, it's kind of on the border between Nevada and, um, California. And I, I go to, I'm right downtown and I go to this coffee shop and I got my buddy's number written down. So I didn't want to turn on my phone still. And I call them and I'm like, Hey man, I was like, I, I was like, dude, I left Montana. Like they're trying to kill me. Like I need you to come talk to me. I'm like really freaking out. Like I, I don't, I can't really give you that money back right now. And I, I got to use it, but I'm like in a bad, bad situation. He, he's thinking I had got popped and I was trying to lure him out of the house. Uh huh. And Cause I just showed up in his town, you know, two States away. But I was like, no, I just left Nevada in the Arizona area to come up here to talk to you. Like you have to come talk to me, dude. Like you don't have an option. So finally he does. And I'm just, I go through the, everything, the, the whole story to him at this point. <clears throat> and um, I'm like freaking out. I'm crying. And I was like, I don't know. I'm like, I just keep saying to him, I'm like, I'm not a dangerous person. I'm not a dangerous person. I'm not a dang. I don't know why they want me. I don't know what I did. I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I, I got to go. And I'm like really having a meltdown and, he he's just like all right just go be in arizona then like go be with your family and um we'll figure out the money later and i was like okay 
So then I go down to Arizona. When I get to Arizona, I know that I'd only been to my mom's place like one time, visited her down there one time before. So I kind of just had to figure it out on my own. But I'm heading back down California, and I know that I have to cut across on the on Highway 8 to get over to Arizona. But I missed the turn because, you know, I just I don't have a phone or GPS or nothing. And um, I keep going and going and going. And before I know it, the freeway turns into this funnel. And then you're heading right into Mexico into Tijuana. Oh, wow. And I went through and I went and I told the border. I'm like, guys, I, I missed the turn and now I'm here. And I like, I don't have a passport or anything. And they're like, okay, you're just going to go in and loop around. And then you're going to cut back out and you can hit the eight from there. So now I'm just stuck in Tijuana for like eight and a half hours in traffic. Oh, shit. Um, like, uh, yeah, with like all like weed paraphernalia and shit in the car. I'm kind of like, I, I, Honestly, like my freedom and anonymity was so important to me at that point that I felt safer surrounded by God knows who in Tijuana with fucking border agents all around than I ever did in Montana at that point. Yeah. I'm just chilling, talking to like the locals and stuff, which, you know, it was, it was just like a weird time. <laughs> it was just weird. And, um, just some like undercover cop like approached me. It's kind of he's like, hey man, you're looking to buy anything? And I'm like, what? He just looked like a cheesy cop that had put on like a sombrero. Yeah. With like the full-on Mexican mustache and like a sombrero. He he just like didn't fit in with the crowd, you know. And um I'm like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. So I, I get out of Tijuana, I cut up, and then go back through the eight or hit the eight and take head east over to where my mom lives in that area. And I just show up on her porch at 11 at night. She's like, Ben? And I'm like, yeah. She's like, so what's, she's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I got to stay with you for a while. She's like, well, what's going on? And um, I was like, I, I was like, honestly, I don't know. I was like, I don't know. And I, I don't even want to go into details. So I don't want to freak you out, but I don't know what's going on. And um, I just, I got to come stay with you for a while. She's like, all right, we'll come in. A few days later, she's like, so <laughs> I didn't turn on my phone the first few days because I kept thinking they're going to know where I'm at. And, and I, I swear to God, like, I was with my mom, went out to my grandparents' house, um, and um, I turned on my phone out there, and we had to go hit the grocery store, mm-hmm. and no joke, by the time we got from the grocery store, it's about 25 minutes to the town, the actual town, because my grandparents live out in the middle of no, in the middle of the desert. You can never find this place. Um, go out to the store, and uh, we... <sighs> There's already like two agent looking dudes walking up behind my car. And then they're like, is that the, the one dude looks the other He's like, is that the guy? And like, I think that's him. And, and like, I'd got a haircut and fucking (laughs) contacts. And I was like really trying to be incognito, you know, and they had already like, as soon as my phone turned on, they were already knew where I was. Yeah. Like they had already sent someone out to come track me down. And so now I'm like, I was like, I got to, I was like, I got to get my shit together. So I went and found jobs at like temp agencies. Like the whole thing slows down from here at this point, really. But they had some kind of like shysty little tactics to try and get me a second time, you know, uh, or in a, and even a third time. Like I'm down there. I fucked around with drugs for a little bit while I was down there. And I was like, I got to get it together. So I went and did this intake over at this facility to like get some counseling get get health insurance get some counseling get some antidepressants uh-huh. um see a doctor regularly and 
just kind of like, it's you know, it's time to get it together. Like these people are obviously not going to back off and I, I need to have a clear mind in yeah. order to avoid whatever's happening. And um, that was the best move I could have made because I, you know, I partied a little bit down there and I ended up getting an Adderall prescription and antidepressants. And as soon as that happened, it just like vaporized the whole situation. Mm-hmm. It, it was like um, the gang stalking stuff. It started to just go down and down and down, you know? Hmm. And um, um, like in the first, like probably three or four months, I was like trying to find like temp agency jobs and, um, there's one story I wanted to tell you about where they tried to like get before I was really into the counseling stuff. I hadn't started the counseling, but I um, had was still doing drugs a little bit. I hadn't even gotten I was on the antidepressants, but not the Adderall. And um, so there was one night I walked to the gas station because there's just I didn't know anybody there. It's just like, you know, just go get some fresh air and just mosey down to the gas station, grab a soda, mosey back, you know, just listen to some music, just try to chill. And, um, I, um, okay. So a few days prior to this, I had pulled some tarot cards because my, my, my mom's always been into tarot. And so I'm familiar with it, but not at this point, I wasn't that into it. And I'd pulled some cards and I don't remember exactly what I pulled, but the stuff I looked up online were pretty much just like, saying some pretty dark shit like your enemies are after you like people are coming to get you and they're going to try and like pull you know like you need to have your guard up because people are going to try and get you it's basically after i looked up what these cards meant that's what i was told by the sources online so i'm like kind of on edge Mm -hmm. a couple days later i go over to the gas station i see this homeless guy like digging through the dumpster and um i was like oh man i should ask him see if he's got any dope and um and then in my mind, I was like, no, just go home. Like, what are you talking about? You just go home. I ended up talking to him anyway. And um, I was like, hey, man, like, you got anything on you? I'll buy it. And he's like, he's like, well, you don't got to buy it. Just follow me. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we're walking over around the corner to this. It's kind of like a, it's not a strip mall, but it's kind of like just, you know, a bunch of little stores and stuff in this pocket, this big parking lot. So we go from the gas station over around in this area. Like, why don't we go to the alley? Like, it's all out in the open. He's like, no, no, there's cops in the alley. And I'm, like, starting to get, like, a bad feeling in my gut. And I already knew that I should have went home. But I just didn't trust my gut. And <clears throat> we're chatting. And um, we walk over and sit down. And it's kind of dawning on me. Like, this guy's, like, an undercover or something. And because he had made a comment. He's like, oh, yeah, don't. On board we're walking over, he's like, he's like uh, oh, yeah, don't even worry about that white van over there. There's probably nothing. You know, like, being all cryptic and shit. Mm-hmm. And um, we go sit down on this bench, and um, it it I, I was like, yeah, I just like I told him kind of my story, like, yeah, I just left Montana and all this crazy shit going on. What the fuck? Was that? So I'm down here, I'm like trying to get better, but I'll do some drugs for now. And this was pretty early when I got down. This might have even been before I went and done the intake thing. And um, um, he gave me a little piece, and then he pulls out a fucking like uh like like this size of a meth wrapped up damn that's and, crazy. yeah yeah like a burrito that's how i've always described it it's like the size of a burrito he's like he's like man i got all of this too and i was like oh nice yeah what are you gonna do with it and he's he's like um he's like i don't know i just don't know where to sell it 
He's like, I just don't know how to get rid of it, you know? Like, trying to, like, get me to think of it as my idea to sell it for him. And I was like, yeah, me either, man, because I'm just, I'm not, I, I'm not who, whatever they've been told about me, that is not who I am, you know? Like, I never sold meth. I rarely even ever did it. I had done it, you know, maybe um, at that point, maybe, like, 10 times in the course of, like, nine months. You know what I mean? So it's not my thing. And, um, and, you know, I'm like an avid drug user, you know, but it just wasn't my thing. So I'm like pretty freaked out and I'm like, Oh man, this is like a bad idea. So I go over to the, back to the gas station. He kind of splits off. But then I mentioned, I was like, dude, these cops tried to kill me down there. I was like, mm. I was like, they drained this fluid out of my car. I think it was the power steering fluid. And it like fucked with my steering. He's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like the power steering fluid make the steering super tight. He's like, they must've, um, and then he like kind of trailed off and I'm like, must've done what? And he's like, no, never mind. Have a good night. Oh, and, uh, one other thing. He gave me like a little rock, like straight up, like just this amount. It's like a crystal that I had. And, uh -huh. um, and um, when he had given it to me, he's like, Hey, you got a lighter. You want to give me something for that? Like, I'll take a dollar a lighter, whatever you want to do. Like, you know, he's like, I a trade's a trade, like whatever you want. And he's like trying to turn it into an exchange suddenly. Like, if they got me on the hook buying meth for a dollar, like that would still be prison time or, or lighter or some exchange. It would be a weak ass case, but I'm sure they'd pull it off because I've been made out to be a fucking some yeah. massive criminal at this point, I think. And um, I was like, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's like not an exchange. You know, it's, I was like, you can just have the lighter. So I'm still a real heavy cigarette smoker at that point. And like, no, no big deal, buddy. Have a good night. So I go over to the, to the, um, I go over to the gas station and I like line out like a pretty good rail of it. And then I flush the rest. I flush the rest and I did like a line, like just a pretty decent line, you know, something like kind of just get me through the night essentially. And I'm like, okay, I'll go home and um, draw or something. And that night was the fucking worst night I have ever had. Uh, they, I mean, Dude, they're like flying drones over the house. They're hitting me with the dew. I was pouring fucking sweat. And like, even though the drugs were clean, like just this was like, this was on another level. It was like the surroundings around, this might've been hallucination, but it, it did, it seems so much more than that because um, I've done the substance before. I've always just, it, you get, you're in a fucking great mood and then you're tired, then you're exhausted and then you crash and then you sleep. And then you're back to normal. Okay. That's always been my uh, up then down. This was like up into pure fucking chaos. Shit tapping on the walls. Bushes outside the house shaking around. The sound of drones over the house. People walking by out front. Like every crazy thing. Uh, all this activity. It's like one, two in the morning. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like paranoid out of my mind. You could contribute that to the drugs, but what kind of snapped me out of the like mania was um, I was out back just chain smoking three or four in the morning, and I'm like, oh, oh, like everything, like I just it's, I just don't my head's on a swivel. Everything's like making me like tweaky. I'm like, ah, 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 what's going on? And yeah. um, I hear I hear someone out front slam the hood of my car three times because the latch was messed up, so you can't just like slam it once and it pops closed. You know, uh -huh. and these guys, these guys are trained to like leave no trace. Essentially, that's that's the whole thing. It breaks the spell if they're leaving like footprints and fingerprints and um, obvious signs someone's been there. Anything recordable, you know. 
I hear him slam, slam, slam. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, like drag off the cigarette, pop over. There's two guys walking away from my car. Cause like whatever they'd done, but the whole time, dude, the bush, it was like the bush in front of me was moving. Like it was shaking around so violently that I thought someone was hiding in the bush. And it was totally distracting me from any activity that was out front behind me around the fence. Uh huh. And dude, that was that was basically one of the times, last times I did it, as far as I can remember, because I was just too like, I'm like, these people just like want to ruin my life and mm. then pin it on the drugs ruining my life. And dude, even that undercover that tried to get me with the the meth burrito, he um uh-huh. <clears throat> he he like he was like, yeah, man, it's a crazy drug. Like some people he was trying to express to me how bad of a drug it was and how bad it'll mess up your life. And he was just like, yeah, I've, I've got family members that'll never talk to me again because of blah, 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 blah. But then like in my head, I'm like, I know that you guys are like trying to sabotage my life with these gang stalking tactics. I still hadn't heard the term at this point. I know that it's like, I started to get it in my head that when people tweakers start talking about shadow people, that it's pretty much just feds actually literally there messing with them. Uh huh. And um, so I knew that and he's telling me this and then I have this crazy experience and then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to go get on the antidepressants and um, get the Adderall prescription and then find a job and like just get back to normal, like the best I can and, even with all of that, man, they still sent like an informant, a couple informants into these jobs um, through the temp services. Um, I, th- there was one other experience and I had that red Subaru where this guy was doing like a door to door survey. Uh-huh. But like, he's like asking about insurance. He's like, Hey, which one of these cars is yours? I'm like, why? What's up? And he, he's like, Oh, we're just asking about insurance. I'm like, Oh, that red one. And his eyes were just like, Oh, like, oh, that red one. My mom had a red car. I had a red car. I think they tampered with her car. I think it was mine. And um, he was like, oh, that one. So then, like, I'm like, oh, that was weird. And he goes to the next house and the next. I'm just watching him. I'm like, that was like, that is so bizarre. And um, like three days later, dude, I'm going down the road on this kind of busier four lane road. And this guy in a rental comes up right behind me. We're going like five miles an hour and he fucking hits the back of my car. It almost seemed on purpose. I want to say it, but, and I'll tell you why I think that, but in the moment when it actually hit, I was like, that seemed intentional because it was really slow. It didn't do any damage. We pull over to this parking lot, hop out. And he's like, Hey man, he's like, he's like, so what you got insurance? And I'm like, the other guy was just asking me if I had insurance. Like that guy knows I didn't have insurance. And this guy's asking about insurance. Like it's a weird coincidence. And I was like, no. And he's like, how about, um, just hit me up and I'll pay for like the debt. I'm like, and I'm like, okay, yeah, sounds good. And he's like, or I can just give you this ounce of weed. He's just like in a rental with like an ounce of weed in the back seat, nothing else in the car. Uh huh. And he and I'm like, I, he's probably thinking like, this guy is so fucking dumb, he's gonna take that. And it's like right out in the open. And <laughs> hey, puppy, uh, what's the dog's name? Hit the like button for Rex. Oh yeah, <laughs> hit the like button for Rex. Um, but. I was like, no, I don't smoke weed. And so I didn't take it. And, I, and, um, those are the two times that like really tried to set me up, I think. And, um, but then like I got this job at tractor supply and like, 
I mean, there were other incidents like kind of informant type characters coming and asking me weird questions, questions that seem very specific to my life. You know, like yeah. I was working at, the, I was in, working at this yogurt factory and this one dude was kind of just in the background the whole time in the peripheral, for like three weeks, dude. And then finally one day we kind of got assigned to work in the same area and he was asking me all sorts of shit. Uh-huh. And we didn't have phone service in there. So he'd ask and then he'd be like, I got to go take a break. He'd run out front and then he'd come back in and ask some more questions and come up. And like this kind of went on for like the whole process of the day. And, um, he, you know, he, he was asking like personal questions like, oh, what kind of stuff do you keep on your computer? And like, what kind of drugs are you into? And um, like this weird, like how, how do you make money? Yeah. Like probing, probing, but like he knew me or who I was. And I was like, at the end of all of it, he's, he's like, I don't know. He seemed like a pretty cool guy. Like I just, you know, he's like, if you need money, cause I, I had mentioned to people that I, I needed money like pretty bad. That's why, how I ended up selling drugs. And, um, it's like, if you need money, why don't you just like start selling cars on the side? It takes a little while. Just get like 1500 bucks, resell it for two. It's like a quick way to make money. And I was just like, what a weird suggestion. Like I'm working this job. I don't really know you, but like you would have to know me pretty well to know that like I'd been involved with drugs, those specific drugs. And that that's why I ended up selling was to make money. And, um, you know, cause people have all different types of reasons for selling drugs. Yeah. You know, some people do it to make money. Some people to show that they're fucking like a baller. Some people do it to be like, you know, to get chicks or like to buck the system or, Oh, no one's in charge of me or fuck the gut. You know, there's everybody has all types of it. And my mentality has always been, um, you sell, you sell some weed to scrape by, you don't get greedy, you get in, you get out. Boom. You know? And like, so that was never my mentality was to like, to be flashy or anything, you know, not that I would have been or like bragging or anything like that, but mm-hmm. um, it, it was just interesting. He knew that I needed money and like that. It's, that's something I definitely had mentioned to other people about like how I'd even ended up, you know, just from the yeah. wreck and all these things. And um, so, you know, it kind of dies down there after I get into counseling, I'm still in contact with the cop um, at this point a little bit. Cause I'm just kind of like gauging the severity of what's happening. There's still weird shit going on at the house. You know, people are obviously coming and going, but it's kind of hard to pinpoint. So, you know, if they move something around or leave a note or move, you know, um, display certain things to send some kind of message. It's, it's, um, it's to you. It's like, did I leave this here? Did someone else do it? But then you're like, it must've been someone else. Nothing ever went missing though. And, um, yeah. I, I'm still in contact with the cop. And at one point before I was really into the counseling stuff, like someone left a knife out front, like a brand new knife, which was, which was like kind of threatening. And, um, right out front of my mom's house. And, um, I remember being freaked out, but I didn't take a picture of it. I just went and pawned it. I actually went and pawned it. So I could technically go back to that pawn shop and get that's, that's a piece, one piece of evidence I have for sure. So I can go back to that pawn shop, get the receipt for that knife that was left in front of my mom's house. And, um, I, that I, I ended up getting into counseling and I'm telling my counselor this whole story. So I did the intake, um, which is, you know, they ask you your drug history and, um, kind of symptoms you're having and um, history of uh, medical conditions and all this kind of stuff that you would, you know, tell a doctor essentially. And 
the the intake told me I was not that I wasn't crazy. No schizophrenia, no issues. I have depression. That's it. I have depression, ADHD. That's what I have. No schizophrenia, no um, borderline, nothing that would cause hallucinations. The intake tells me this. The doctor tells me this. My counselor tells me this. My psychiatrist tells me this. They're like, you're totally sane. You just got into drugs for a little while. You're mm -hmm. coherent. You know what you're talking about. None of them thought I was lying about anything at all. And so that's more evidence and proof positive that like all this shit was going on in my life. I had several professionals tell me that like I'm stable. And um, I talked to one other TI um, out in like Utah and they told me that um, they're pretty much, they had like all the voice to skull stuff happening. And Oh yeah. That's they were, sure. yeah. Voice they skull. were talk about that. Uh, oh Yeah. Yeah, we'll but talk about that. We'll go I got about two minutes left, so maybe kind of finish it off, and we'll do another show. And maybe in the next show, I'll pull up a bunch of uh, wow, yeah, technology. You know, like all the technology on voice to skull and the patent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I didn't. Wow, that went super quick, man. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, we can cut it off. Um, there were a few things I wanted to talk. Uh, talk about as far as um the overall experience but this is that really gets me up to the point where it all dies off um with as far as the cop goes there were a couple conversations i kind of wanted to talk about like i told the i told the counselor everything and he believed me through and through and was super supportive and i was able to like find some like stability because of having another person in a point of authority pretty much say like this isn't uncommon and I've heard these types of things before and I don't think you're crazy. And, and, yeah. and what's even more interesting about it is that, um, like I could have gotten a bad luck of the draw and just been diagnosed with schizophrenia or something, but that's like, you know, obviously he could say that, or see that I was like aware of what was going on. And, um, I think that because of his background and my issues, it was just kind of the perfect way for me to vent all of these problems and um, be able to move forward quite a bit from that point. But there's a few other things we'll get into. I'm down to do another show. I'm definitely down and dude, I really appreciate you having me on and being able to talk about all this. B2K everyone follow Ben with a pin on Instagram, Ben with a pin. We'll see yeah. you later. See you tomorrow. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. 
I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.